Hey everybody and welcome to yet again another episode of Power Nap Podcast. Today's guest is Jeremy Brook and he's a longtime friend of mine, the only person I've ever wanted to take drum lessons from uh, because he's so damn good, knows what to ignore and knows what to focus on. Um, and as well as drumming, he's a great cook slash chef. Um, he's also an electrician, messes around with circuits, soldering irons, noises, and everything related to that, and also does a bunch of video work. Uh, you can check out his website at ionchef.com, and we're going to talk to him about a bunch of awesome shit. Here we go. Yeah, I mean, but you have to find, like, there, you know, again, it's finding not only where the bar is going to be set, but what your limits are. Like, you know, any any job that you really throw yourself into where it is your passion and you will do whatever it takes to achieve your goal, you really start to find out your limits really quick. And in situations like that where, you know, uh, you're... You have to come to terms with something that you cannot change. Like it's it's you don't know where the light is, you don't know when this is gonna be over, you don't know if it's ever going to be over, and you have to accept the fact that this it could be like this forever. Like whatever shitty point it is in your life where, you know, things are just as as bad as you could possibly imagine. Uh and I think that also ties into what we're talking about. Um, like there's you know, uh shaming and common decency and etiquette and all these things uh i think you know grit character that comes from uh like the an old really old black blues musician i used to play with in denton pops carter uh we did like four shows in one day and he was in his 70s at the time and i was still a teenager and uh it's like pops, how you doing, man? Like how you, you know, how? Because he he couldn't play guitar anymore. It's like his arthritis was so bad, missing most of his teeth. You know, lots of gold chains and the frilly shirts and the suit and the oh, yeah. his snakeskin boots and the hat and everything. Uh, his wife was uh, Lightning Hopkins' cousin, oh, Minnie Hopkins. God. Like so this guy was the real fucking deal, and uh, and he said, uh, "Shit, my grandpappy told me." And as soon as he said that, and I was like, "This." 76 year old black man is talking about advice he got from his grandfather and this is a guy who grew up picking cotton like he left home at age 12 or something to go work in the cotton fields and he said my pappy say my grandpappy say shit I ain't got but one ass and if it can't take a whooping fuck it right Greg Proust like that's fucking gold that is fucking gold like you can't and that's like every kitchen job I've ever had is like you can't break me yeah. yeah. Try. Yeah. Bring more. Ah, uh, like yeah. That's that's the kind of cooks that I tried to breed too. Was like, ask for more shit. Like yeah. ask for seconds. Just keep piling it on and just. I knew cooks that would get screamed at as Eteos, and they would just laugh and work faster. That's the brewer mentality. Fucking bring it. Yeah. Yeah. What Show else you, what got? you got? Yeah. BB yeah. um, King just passed away. Saw BB King. 
BB, the great story. Greg Proops was eulogizing him on his podcast. We both liked that podcast, and he's talking about a story of BB King and some white musician, and uh, the white musician's bitching about dude full piece suits. It's fucking ninety degrees. We're having an outdoor gig. It's Mississippi. Blah blah. blah. How do you do it? And BB King starts. Well, I you know I started picking cotton when I was a kid. You know this is just kind of what we do. And the guy keeps bitching, keeps bitching. You know not. Not being a total dick, but kind of giving him some shit. Well, could I could I dress down? I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And BB just starts getting tired of hearing this guy bitch. And he just looks at the guy and goes, you're white. <laughs> End of discussion. Yeah. We just don't bitch as much as you do, I guess, is the fucking moral of that story. You're fucking white. Yeah. Put up with it. Guess what? You're playing guitar, and it's 105 degrees. Yeah. What else could you be doing? You could be fucking roofing. You could be in a field. You could be plowing. You could be doing any number of things that are ten times worse. And they'd be wincing, God, if I could just play guitar. That's what you get to do, motherfucker. I remember, and so going back to the Z Tejas thing, back when I was just working with a bunch of Mexicans, all these guys were badasses. Like, I remember seeing the night crew come in, and there were a couple of guys specifically that I would watch because they were just beautiful to fucking watch them work like one guy had like a bluetooth earpiece on and he's working the dinner rush on the 6th street location of Zetaos which was going into Vietnam every fucking day you never won you never ever won you went to work every day knowing that you're gonna get your ass kicked maybe you'll lose a little less the next day but you know and going back to the point of you know them hazing me and everything there was a period of time where I didn't trust a kitchen that didn't have a single Mexican in it. And now, yeah. there's almost none. Like, these guys were not fucking foodies. They were they were sending money back home to yeah. Mexico to their families. Like, they were just happy to have a job that, you know, they got to do their job, not get fucked with, work with, you know, other Mexicans and... Are you saying... I, I missed something you said briefly. Saying right now there's not as many Hispanics or Mexicans as there were in kitchens Not in, in kitchens. Austin. Not in kitchens. Which is weird. Bourdain also is someone that's like, yeah. New York, if you want to know what good, who makes good food, oh, yeah. food in New York, it's Mexicans. Who makes good Vietnamese food? Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Who makes good Mexican food? Mexicans. Mexicans make all the good food in America. Yeah. If any fucking kitchen. And that's opening your fucking eyes, that's who is in every kitchen. Talking to you in Iowa, all the fucking Mexicans that have been in Davenport because they mispronounced mm-hmm. something. And that Mexicans cook Americans' food, whether yeah. it's any cuisine. Um, so that's interesting, and I, I didn't know that. Because I, I would still, if you asked me, I'd still say they still do. But yeah. now what I'm guessing is, based on what you just said, we have a lot of young angle people that are coming in that are really passionate about food and they've got their degree and they're coming in gonna bust their balls what they don't have is work ethic well you you've got a whole uh, you've got a whole new generation of cooks that are coming out where uh, <laughs> expectations don't meet reality the sense of entitlement like sure. I went to culinary school now I'm a chef no. No, no, you're not. You don't have a soul yet. Like you have yeah. recipes and techniques and a, maybe a degree of some sort, but until I don't see any fucking scars on your arms. You yeah. know, I don't see yeah, yeah. you can't hold a fucking you can't pull a hot pan out of the oven without you know, you got pussy hands. Like <laughs> you know, you're not you know, and that was the thing for me, is like when I was at Z Tejas I outlasted 
probably 20 to 30 culinary students and even several Mexicans. Like I remember, I remember coming upstairs for the first time to the main kitchen and talking to the head chef, who was one of the best chefs I've ever worked for just as far as personality and he would get in the dirt and dig everyone out and uh, I remember coming up to him and because I was so overwhelmed I was like I, I don't know how to I don't know how to get all this done like there's something I'm not seeing I can't unlock the puzzle and when you have to multitask that many things you know and he just looked at me and said are you gonna are you gonna piss your pants are you are you gonna cry and I was like, no, no, I'm just asking if maybe there's a way that I'm not seeing it. Like if, you know, you stare at something too hard for too long, you have to zoom out and kind of get fresh eyes on it. Right. And, uh, and, and he said, do your job or go home. Oh, what a luxury to zoom out. Because right now I need fucking 22 quarts of chopped yeah. onions. Yeah. Like 30 minutes ago. And they, they, they left me to figure it out and it got to the point where right before they moved me to the upstairs kitchen <clears throat> that same sous chef who interviewed me and hired me came down and I had all the burners going I had everything was full I was operating at maximum efficiency and I fucking knew it and he came down and just started poking me and fucking with me and like hey where's this why isn't this done and I finally wheeled on him and I was like you're wasting my time. If you're not going to give me advice on how to do this better, get the fuck out of the kitchen. And he kind of smirked a little bit. And later that afternoon, after my shift was over, he and the head chef took me into the fucking storage shed behind the restaurant and told me that I was getting a raise yeah. and a promotion. And it was yeah. like, you motherfuckers. Like, I thought I was getting whacked. Like, this is not, this is so not good. But yeah, there there is definitely, uh, and I've I've gotten into this conversation many times lately with just the sense of entitlement. Like people don't want to work for shit. They don't know what. They We're, don't appreciate a job well done and worked very fucking hard. Like the sense of satisfaction that comes from that is just like I did this A plus B equals C. So gimme. Mm-hmm. I even think that the level of that that we are experienced to is diluted from a couple generations. The film that I go back to is Cool Hand Luke. Fuck. You've seen that movie? Yeah. I love that movie. That's one of the best American movies. He doesn't give up. And he's it's that scene when he's fighting the dude that's fucking 6'5", and clearly going to kick his ass, and he's getting his ass kicked, and he keeps getting up, and he keeps standing on his feet, and everybody in the circle's going, Luke, stay down. Stay down, man. What are you doing? No, fuck this. I'm getting up. And that's the point when he gains the respect. And we're, we're all little guys sitting in this room. And I've been in those positions where it's kitchen-esque. And I've had the big dudes bumping into you. And you're like, I know how to respond to this. You bump right the fuck back. And they look at you and they're going, you ready to go? And you go, yep. You're going to kick my ass, but I'm going to fight you right back. And yeah. that's when they go, cool. You got my respect. That was always my philosophy. is like, Because I've been in situations like where shit was actually physically going to go down and it was like y'all are going to beat the shit out of me but, but one of you is losing a fucking finger yeah you good with that is does that is that a win for you I guarantee one of you is losing an eye or a fucking finger you're going to beat the shit out of me but one of you is going to go through life minus a you finger you see that in my eyes right now and they yeah we see it crazy mm-hmm. white man yeah mm-hmm that's the only thing I regret about the couple jobs that I've gotten fired from is just it's after the fact but it's the daydreaming effect of like 
I could have just done that. I could have just fucking spoke, speak in my mind, like, you know, not being civil. Because they obviously I brought my case up. They didn't hear it. I could have just been like, fuck all. I could have said, hey, I'm going to stay in this office until you get a security guard to, to escort me out. You know, and that's like probably my small regrets that I have in life. Is just being just that that civility. It's like uh, you do know, it once civil. in your life. Yeah, you've got to do it. Uh, at yeah, least you got to you got to smack your manager in the face with a check presenter at least yeah. one time. <laughs> it'll be a it'll be a gold nugget that's in in the center of your heart for the yeah. rest of your life, and you'll feel good. Take and it's one of those life. things like you know, uh, like when Dutch Stanhope talks about who better to do drugs than kids? What are you yeah. gonna fuck up that bad? Year olds. Yeah, yeah. 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 So and that's something you know, and that's something thankfully I did in my uh, you know mid twenties. You know, probably not something I would do now as a semi-adult. Uh, but yeah, it's not. It was. It was that I was very much a fucking revenge head, and I just wanted like. Uh, there's a great David Bazan line, uh, which he's he's one of the few people that I listen to for lyrics because he's fucking powerful. Uh, sometimes due process stands in the way of swift justice. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes I'm, I'm karma is fucking late. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you don't want to wait to for the satisfaction of seeing someone just hang themselves with their own rope. Sometimes you want to be a little mm-hmm. catalyst. Like, no, no, here, have some more rope. <laughs> Tie it back into what we're talking about. Fucking driving on the road, being in a band. There is, in Austin, there's such an entrepreneurial, there's such a community, there's such a, we can all do it, we can all DIY it, which is awesome but not if it means a dumbing down of the art, which is what has happened for whatever reason. Saturation and dilution at the same time. Yeah, and so it's, whether our judgment is right or not is irrelevant, but whatever you feel that is right, stand up for it Mm -hmm. and fight for it and hold that up. And like I feel when I'm driving every day to Dripping Springs to Austin and there's some dumb motherfucker on their phone and they're holding up like 10 fucking cars in traffic and I'm the one that honks at them and 9 times out of 10 they stay in that fast lane and 1 time out of 10 they go and they're like oh shit I haven't been paying attention I'm like, yeah you know what driving is for driving mm-hmm. and I'm trying to get from A to B in a safe efficient way mm-hmm. and you have every right to be upset with me if I'm riding your ass and I'm honking my horn and flashing my lights and going, get the fuck out of my way, I want to go faster. And as angry as you are, you because that's because you have every right to go as slow as you want. Now, if there was only a system that would allow the slow people to go as slow as they want and the fast people to go as fast as they want, we'd all be happy. And I feel like the system is that the left lane is the passing lane oh, God. and the right lane is the slowing lane. And I'm sorry that your father or mother never told you that when you're being raised, but I'm gonna fucking tell you that right now. Yeah. And you, yeah, you're upset with me because I was riding your ass for five miles. Yeah. I was upset with you because guess what? When Pilsner was fucking shit and blood and vomiting and was dying, and I had to go up to Spicewood, and then they were like, "We're our vets are here for another thirty minutes. Come." And there were a million motherfuckers on Mopac going slow. And they were slamming on the brakes. You don't know why I'm in a rush. If I'm in a rush because I'm trying to get my dick sucked, <laughs> slam your fucking brakes on. I'm an asshole. Yeah. But if I'm in a rush to give my pregnant wife to a fucking facility or save my dog, yeah. Yeah. you would want everybody to get the fuck out of your way. Yeah. And there is a system 
that if we all respect the system, it works well for everybody. Mm -hmm. But right now, just like music or art in Austin, it's really nice that everyone does it. But at the same time, visual art, like I recently, a week or two ago, I was walking downtown and I ran into this girl on her cell phone. She's a tourist. Yeah, the bland was all right, and art in Austin's been okay. There's just something a little lacking. And I was like, yeah. It's all, like, meh. Like, Houston has great fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you want to see, like, good museums, yeah. go to Houston. If you want to see good theater, good, like, proper classical stuff, mm-hmm. go to Houston. We've got great DIY. Austin's yeah. DIY. Yeah. But Houston, it's a different It's a different arena. It's cosmopolitan. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. it's a legitimate city. I don't, I don't mean to say that that's better or worse, but it's certainly different. And when I go to a museum of fine art in Houston, I'm going to see Van Gogh and traditional kind of impressionist and classical art. And it sometimes Blanton is the closest thing you have, but usually it's our some of the, the best the best things you see in Austin are DIY. The best things that Austin has to offer is Graham Reynolds. Graham Reynolds isn't a symphony orchestra. He's a weird mixture of uh, someone that could be a symphony player, an orchestra player, but isn't. Has the punk DIY thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what appeals to me. I think that's the best thing that Austin has to offer is intellect and tradition, but also knowing when to break tradition. I mean, that's what yeah. you, what appealed to me about your playing was that clearly this guy has ran through rudiments, but clearly this guy went and said at a certain point it's not musical. Steve Vai is a great player of scales and can play very fast and very cleanly, but what the fuck is he saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like, right. it, for, for me, all my favorite uh, drummers, and I guess just musicians, and probably chefs, and just across the board, the kind of people that I love are the kind that have... <clears throat> in order to break the rules effectively, you need to know them. Uh, and for me... Uh, I've heard carpenters talk about how they, you know they hate seeing like uh, this old house or something that's like there's no fucking sawdust on the floor they've cleaned it all up you know what I mean like I want to see a drummer who is going to barely make it around some corners who's really going to take a chance and maybe not fucking land this fill yeah. maybe just come around a little bit behind the beat but just completely went for it you know yeah. what I mean and I think that's uh, it, it's one thing to be comfortable in your skill set but for me, if I play any gig and I haven't taken any chances, it's not worth it. And it's great in playing with uh, Graham that he forces you to take those chances maybe when you weren't ready to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's so in tuned with his players in a way that Duke Ellington was that he would write parts specifically for players. Like yeah. it was, this isn't just a tenor saxophone part, this is your tenor saxophone part. And uh, that's the great thing with him is that you get these crazy combinations of people who are all incredibly talented and have different comfort levels because some of them have never played with Graham or some of them have only played, like, they're strictly classical players who aren't used to improvising. And he makes them improvise. But he also makes people who don't read music so well read music. So he... I mean, Utah Hamrick, the bassist, who's yeah. the ginger tarantula. Like, he's just fucking amazing. <laughs> you know, at one point, he, he made the mistake of saying in rehearsal, like, you know, you can make these parts a little bit harder. And Graham was like, oh, 
well, maybe we'll do that. So he just started making his parts like, you know, he's writing these, this stuff out on Sibelius, and it's like, he can make it as difficult as you could probably handle, but again, Utah is such a great player that it's just, what do you got? Those shows, I don't know if I've seen him so long or, or that's what I'm focusing on, but I, that's what I look for now. When that's the classical player that's uncomfortable soloing. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, when I watched Jerome or Jeremy, the, the black trombone player, yes. play, I, I was like, holy shit, there was something there is, you're right, Graham not only knows music, but knows people. Yeah. And if you're really that in tune, that's what you're into. And he, I mean, that's the, you guys have that dynamic. He uses you. You're his drummer. Yeah. You, he, you're utilized very well in that setting. And Utah is used very well. Jerome, Stuart Mills, all those people. You watch them, and I, I don't know those people. I know, I feel like I know them because I've watched them for five or ten years. And I'm, there's a certain thing, and I've talked to Olga about it, and non-musicians, and as a person who doesn't listen to lyrics or listens to lyrics last, I know Victor Wooten. I can listen to his bass playing, and I've got a sense of his personality. Mm-hmm. And I've got a sense of Charles Mingus's personality. Mingus plays aggressively. And mm-hmm. from what I know, he was the one person that Duke fired, had to fire from the band. It's like, hey, you're not working. You're a great musician. You're not working. Mingus didn't give a fuck, man. Mm-hmm. He was Paul Mooney on the bass. He, he and, was a big, big man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I I can hear that. And, um, and... Graham is one of the few local acts that I hear the individuals. And I think that says a lot. I think that's something that's very hard to accomplish and not a lot of people are even aware of. And that he is aware of and is focusing on is doing very well. But that I will come see the Duke shows and the Duke shows will be, you know, over a course of a year. And they they continually drive my interest. Because there's new musicians, and even if it's the same musicians, he continually is pushing everybody. Everyone's pushing themselves, and it means a lot. I've brought in people that have never seen jazz, that have Mm -hmm. never heard Duke, that have walked away, that are punk rockers, that went to Lambert's and went, holy shit, that was visceral. That That was punk rock more than any punk rock show I've mm-hmm. seen and that was Duke Ellington I didn't the best experience for the Duke Ellington shit I was already a fan of Duke but is finding other people go fucking Duke Ellington I'm gonna listen to that motherfucker and I'm like yeah in 150 years from now three names will be known out of American music Bob Dylan Duke Ellington and Frank Zappa those are the people I think um, those are the composers that Define the 20th century America. There's probably a blues musician or two that I'm not naming, but yeah, I mean, you could argue that Duke Ellington incorporated that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those, the, in my opinion, those are the three guys that if you, if an alien landed and said, "I got 15 minutes, go check out these three guys," that's what I could do. Yeah, Graham takes that on. Graham has personality. Yeah, so it's fun to hear from someone who plays with them that that's your experience because as an audience member, that's my experience is that, hmm, you know, I know you and so I feel like I get to watch you play drums and it is your personality in a musical form. But even not knowing someone like, you know, Stuart Mills 
or or John, I feel like mm, if I had a conversation with them, it wouldn't I wouldn't have to break the ice because I've seen them play enough to be like I know mm-hmm. you. Yeah. I fucking know what you're about, man. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I I I don't know Graham that much. We've talked a handful of times. I've seen him play lots of times, mm-hmm. and I feel like. You know, we're both pretty awkward people, but aside from that, there's we kind of already know each other. Yeah. He's looked at me enough times to be like, dude, why are you stalking me? <laughs> yeah. We went we saw Doug play at UT. Yeah. There's like ten people in the audience and it was him and me. And I was like, Oh man, like for some fucking reason I've seen Ron Jeremy, I've seen, you know, I've met um Richard Linkletter and famous, famous, famous people. Graham Reynolds still like is the one person I'm like Oh shit! I just he's he. I respect him a lot. He's such a good person. He encapsulated a lot of what I strive to do. Yeah. It's that weird mixture, and I've also uh, I've also one of the best experiences of him besides seeing him talk on stage, <laughs> is interact with people while shit's happening. It was Republic Park a couple years ago. Oh, he's no. off stage. Was it the fifty drummers thing? No. Okay. Or it, if it no, it was something else. And it's after that and. Someone else is performing, and his set's done. And this beautiful blonde comes up and talks to him. And she, from what I saw, she was probably putting on the stops, and you played a good show, and what are you doing later? And there was somebody performing, and he could not be less interested in her. And just cold shoulder. And I'm over here watching this happen, and I'm like, man, that beautiful blonde doesn't know what to do. This isn't something that she encounters all the time. She's used to men just... She's the kind of woman that walks into a room and people stop and look at her. No right. one's ever told her to shut up. Yeah. yeah. And Grandma is like, excuse me, um, if you want to talk to me, talk to me after the performance. And he's watching someone play and I'm just like, holy shit, man. Yeah. Fucking about it. Yeah, it was cool. It was definitely Republic Park. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Um, but he's... It's fun to be in a city like that because... As much as we've talked about Austin's unique mm-hmm. creative environment, and as much as it's been a negative conversation about the lack of professionalism, there's also islands of amazingness, which are like Graham mm-hmm. or Jeremy or other people, Invincible Czars, that are like, when I meet someone that I'm like, cool, you're not... Cause I know both extremes. I know the anal classical musicians that are so rigid and so lacking of musicality that for the you're 35 years old and this is the first time you've improved. What f- fucking relationship to music do you yeah. have? Yeah. What the f- how would you ever have a doctorate in music and never said what's it like to make shit up? <laughs> and what's going on in your brain and what kind of critical thought process do you have or lack? That's creating that. I know cooks that can't cook without a recipe. It's it's an, you would want to be mortally embarrassed if you were in that position. But then you meet people like Graham that that divide the gap that are equally academic and equally punk rock. Yeah. And will play a Nutcracker Suite in a minor key with lots of power chords, and you're like, holy fuck, Tchaikovsky mental. Yeah, that's still yeah. one of my favorite shows. Yeah, it's good. So so it's nice finally. To have a conversation about um, the benefits of Austin, because Austin does have obviously we're all here for a reason, mm-hmm. and so I feel like you have to wade through the forest to find the good tree. Shit is a metaphor as that is, but there's a lot of bullshit. But when you find the good gem, 
it's all the more worthwhile. And that was the thing, like Finding Graham, where it's like, dude, you've never seen this movie, and you're playing perfectly with bringing themes back in, following characters, and this guy that, you know, I'm a pretty decent fan of the Austin Symphony. I think the Austin Symphony does a great job for what they're given. And this is a guy that clearly is really awesome, that loves good music and is really serious about it, but doesn't snub his nose at people that are 20 years old that are that have three chords and are using those three chords really well. Mm-hmm. And cool, that's what I want, is someone that, you know, like I think all of us have that and everyone we brought in here, yeah, want, takes what they do very seriously but doesn't take themselves very seriously. That's true. I mean, we are kind of blessed and, and I think a lot of times we are we do overlook the talent, you know, bands like Op- Opposite Day, who are yeah. three of the like yeah. phenomenal musicians, and the, and and Pat, you know, won I think uh, nationals for the Yamaha drum competition. I've seen them play shows where there's four people consistently, you know, and I'm just like blown away because I'm like these guys are just like top level musicians, and they're in this ecosystem where it's just. They can't shine, you know, no matter how hard they try. But in the same sense, it's like, I guess it's kind of selfish on my part because I'm like, I, how lucky am I to see these guys play and there's like five people in the room and I have, it's basically an intimate performance mm-hmm. of world-class musicianship, yeah. you know. Yeah. Same thing for like Winston, you know, from Mucho's Backflips and like just... Black, red, black. Yeah. You see Brennan Temple ready on Brennan, um, what's the coronet player yeah um blanking on his name but those guys he played with chick korea janet jackson he'll play in a room full of five people and yeah this is criminal and, and this the is criminal but beneficial to me booker for um elephant room the trombone player who played on okay. sublime records okay um and and i've seen him and he's Mordecai. phenomenal yeah i think i think Mike so. yeah yeah yeah, it's fucking Austin's weird. And one of the saddest experiences I've had, and we'll talk about this, and then we should wrap things up, but um, was um, had a couple people from Boston move down, and drummers and Berkeley grads. And they're like, okay, cool, so what's the sub scene like? And I'm like, huh. um, <laughs> The what scene? I, the sub scene, oh. like, how, you know, picking up gigs and stuff. And I oh, was gotcha. like, well, um, I hate to be the cynic, but... Um, you came from a place that's kind of professional, and this is a place that's very DIY. There's not even like a general etiquette on subbing, no. right? <laughs> to begin with, to just to just show you where we're at. Like you have like your you have your friends and you have your connections and you sub it out. And if it's not person A, then it's B and C. And I know mm-hmm. how I know what's in your head. That doesn't exist here. That's there's not that really that system. First of all, there's not jazz or academic mm-hmm. music here for the most part, and then. Yeah, and so I try to gently pad their fall. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's like, where, where, where's a gig I can get paid? It's like, oh, honey. right. I'm, yeah, I'm coming from the union. No, well, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh no. And no. so, but that's been that's uh, it. You feel I feel it's weird because I feel like I'm apologizing for my city is what I feel like. Well, we don't have this in place and you're never, don't ever expect a backline ever. Well, you know, I would just bring my cymbals in a snare. Yeah, I know. But that, in <coughs> Austin, no one owns a drum kit. And so you have to yeah. go, really? Well, I could ask the other band, 
you can certainly ask, but that's not also an etiquette that's been established mm-hmm. here. No. So occasionally when you've played a couple of gigs, I may let you lend my kit, but I've tried to be nice and I end up with fucking buying new heads. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, so you're going to learn because it's all DIY and stuff. There's things that you put up with and things that, but blah, 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 blah. And, but it just feels bad where I'm like, wow, for 15 minutes I've been apologizing and this person's coming. They moved to Austin because they heard about this opportunity. And they didn't do their fucking research. They didn't do their research, or they're talking to the wrong person. And I'm here going, well, <laughs> uh. I th- I think on that sense, I guess to round round out what I was gonna say, like the whole concept of apologizing, and I think the way a perspective living here for so long and kind of growing up here for for most of my life is just discovering the valuable. undercurrents of Austin you know and like in the sense of 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 scenes that are under more underground or there's places like people would be like hey you want to go to Barton Springs I'm like oh Barton Springs is on a Saturday afternoon no thanks you know like let's go to Deep Eddy there's going to be you know one quarter of the people there you know and so like I think living here has actually made me appreciate the town and sort of this like touristy type of like blob or amoeba that's just grown out of control I, I feel like it's made me really appreciate the smaller places like hey let's go to that taqueria place that's that's half the price that we're going to pay and there's going to be a lot of people there probably going to have to wait in line for at least 15 minutes but this guy this taqueria place makes their own tortillas you know best tortillas I've had in town and like there's nobody there you know I think be- yeah because there is so much that that is the I, th- I think that is one of the saving graces is that you have so many options Yeah. that you're going to have to fucking work a little bit to find the jewels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and exactly. uh, as opposed to the way it used to be where you, people were clamoring for, I mean, it was that need that, you know, drove the food and music scene and the beer scene to be what it is, is that people fucking spoke mm-hmm. and you had to listen. So now, you know, I almost got a food truck right when... Like, Torchies was still new, and I just had a weird, like, kind of put my ear to the ground, and it's like, I'm going to have to wade through a lot of shitheads and go through a summer just to see if I can get established, and I already had the feeling like it was was coming, Mm -hmm. and sure enough, like, it would just, the market just flooded. Um, So, yeah, I think, you know, as far as, like, first world problems go, like, we have more options of where to eat than ever before mm-hmm. like there are more places to see music granted you know the, the audiences aren't necessarily what they should be but as at least for the discerning palette you've got so many options like you can go to the east side there's just I mean you can go to so many different neighborhoods now that have their own food that have their own music and is, has become more like my neighborhood has become self-contained and when I bought my unit there at North Loop and Burnett in 2001 it was a dreary boring fucking neighborhood like we had me Victoria for tacos and that was it that was it like there was just nothing and now it's like I technically like I can now be one of those South Austin assholes like I don't really like going north of the river you know like I I don't have to leave my own neighborhood now if I don't want to which is nice when you know you're dealing with like traffic and shit like that Mm -hmm. but yeah I can go see music or eat all kinds of food and have a bunch of great drinks just blocks from my place which is good but it also kind of breeds laziness yeah yeah well at least we're aware of it talking about it yeah any other closing thoughts I don't 
I think I'm good. Any, any gigs coming up you want to promote or anything? Uh, residency with Graham Reynolds at Dive Bar uh, for all of the Mondays remaining in August. Free show, 9 to midnight, three sets, special guests. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they're good. Cool. And uh, you still have the website? Yeah, iowanchef.com. Okay. Has all my gigs listed, uh, smoky treats, shit, video production services, all of my five jobs I think are represented. Yeah, well, we should end this conversation with an introduction, right? Yeah. Um, so Jeremy does a little bit of everything. You, I would say, knowing you, knives, drumsticks, um, video. Soldering iron. Soldering irons, yeah. And, uh, yeah, canning, I guess, is the most nice. recent. Which somebody's going to fuck that up now. Now the hipsters are, like, knitting and stuff. Like, canning is now, like, it's, it's, it's just how it happens now. It's going to be, like... We pickle our own veggies. We're, yeah. we're fags, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know. On that note, I think we're good. Yeah. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah.